Welcome back to the Bureau Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all the outdated news and important views from the beer world and not beyond, just just from the beer world. Um, you may notice a slight difference in how we sound. We're doing this remotely uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, it's a bit different, but uh, hopefully it works out okay. We, we've done this enough times now that it shouldn't be too difficult, theoretically. The, everything works in practice, in theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so if there's any teething issues, we apologise, but hopefully it should be fairly straightforward. Um, obviously with, uh, you know, COVID-19, it's going to be a different sort of environment for beer o'clock and then the podcast is included in that. And just because we're following the rules and being good, then we're going to do this, yeah, for this way for the foreseeable future. Exactly. Until, uh, it's safe to do it the normal way again. Yeah. Was there any, uh, site news you wanted to run around or... Um, Anything changing on your end, or you're all pretty... It all sort of just goes into the normal COVID stuff. Um, yeah. We're going to You put up out... an update on the website people can read. Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, we're going to try and run through that year of the local stuff a bit quicker um, and keep people updated on what individual breweries are doing, um, you know, as, the, as this sort of evolves. Yeah, and sort of try to, I guess keep people in the loop about what's happening. Uh, you were sort of saying on Facebook you're going to be posting some more perhaps Victoria-centric things. Yep, yep. Um, um, about how breweries are coping and so on. Yeah, exactly. And basically if if there's an offer that really tickles me that I see on Instagram or something, yeah, um, we'll put that up so that hopefully more people see it and, um, you know, keep the industry alive. Yeah, that's that's the the hard part I think is going to be that. Um do you want us to jump straight into news then? Yeah, let's go straight into it. Well, the news is, is that there is no news. Everything's cancelled. Um, no, but it's, in all seriousness, uh, pretty much every event in every category is cancelled this year, and that's pretty much extends to beer as well. Um, good beer week's gone, including yep. Gabs, obviously, which is probably, you know, can't imagine a worse kind of situation than Gabs at the moment. Oh, no, Gabs is about as bad an event as you could possibly run. <laughs> so yeah. they've made the right call there. The um, uh, big call Not that it would have been their call anyway mm. at this point. But when they Very made true. the call, it was their call. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was sort of jumped before being pushed. Um, but no, they did the right thing. And they had the Indie Beer Showcase, and they tried to do that uh, online and stuff. They were pretty ahead of it. So I think, you know, ticks to them for how they've handled it. Um, Carwin have pushed back their collaborational event, which was meant to be yesterday. Um, and they've pushed that back, do they say to October, November, or have they not yeah, given a date? Yeah, Carwin have given a date, um, which is in October. Um, Good Beer Week are hoping to get it done this year, but, uh, aren't sure, was I think the last mm. I heard. Didn't want to set a date and then cancel it. I would it. be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be I think surprised there's a lot of them, but you never know. Exactly. I think there's a lot of sort of logistics stuff that has to go into theirs, whereas Carwin's is a bit easier as a sort of a one-off event, not sort of a collection of hundreds of events. Yeah, yeah, that, that's very true. Because, I mean, it's just Carwin and the breweries, and the breweries would all be in the same boat kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. 
no, no one's exempt from the situation currently. Um, no. We should, I guess we can just go straight into uh, how, you know, what people have been doing to keep going throughout this. And um, it seems obvious to talk about Carwin doing their Quarantinis pack uh, Which first, is just because... Little, great little name. Yeah, great name. And also, um, you know, that's probably stems a lot from what they had from collaborational stuff. I think they said a couple of beers were directly from that. Yeah, and then they've got East Coast going around to a couple of people and um, canning canning beers that otherwise would be would have been kegged and um, I think Which there's just even a great Gabs beers and stuff as well. Yeah, because it'd be so. I mean, there'd be so many things that'd be so far into development and into production. Um, it just makes total sense from a business point of view. It's, it, everyone wins. Uh, the public gets to try it. The breweries still get to sell their stuff. Carwin gets to offer something. You know, even if it's not the event. Um, I think it's, yeah, a, and I, it's a good good initiative. I think through that keeping local alive thing or or beer together or one of those, they're going to do like brewer interviews each day for the, in that Carwin Quarantinis, which sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah, they were doing – it's going to be like almost a, a live streamy drinking tasting thing, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. I think that um, idea is still evolving as well. <laughs> yeah, I think everything is – everything's very fluid at the moment. You kind of yeah, have very. to be. Uh, keeping local live is—is is this this crafty pint, isn't it? Is it yeah. them and other people, or just them? Uh, I think uh, James at Crafty Pint started it, and now like Ale of a Time have jumped on board, and I think a few others. Yeah, so this is uh, basically—it's a hashtag. It's um, on the Crafty Pint website, state by state, sort of breakdown of what places are doing, not just breweries, but also bars and bottle shops. Um, and basically what they're doing to keep in business throughout. And so you yeah. can go check that out. And if there's anywhere, I mean, I've pretty much, Instagram has been great. Like every brewery has pretty much been saying what they're doing. Can't think of any breweries off the top of my head that I wouldn't know what they're doing kind of thing. Uh, Especially if you wanted been... to know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, but it's still, it's a good initiative just to have it all in one place. And especially with bottle shops and stuff, just in case you're not sure. There's also some deals and stuff on there. Yeah, there's a great, um, I think it's actually a Google Doc that, um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong who it is on Facebook. I think it's Matthew Beggs' setup, um, which has sort of, uh, it's like a directory of all the specials, like people with online online discounts and free shipping and stuff like that. So we'll link that in the show notes. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, there's not heaps to spend your money on at the moment if you're lucky enough to still be making it. So <laughs> That's you might it. as well support local businesses. That's it. And drink beer. Because you'd like them to be there when it's all over at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I guess on that note, uh, we've already had Malt Shed close directly. Yeah. Um, and there's been a few others, uh, Watts River and uh, Nomad, I think it was, also made making hand sanitizer. Not yeah, particularly Yeah, Bellarine are doing it as well. Um, there'll be a few, I think. Um, yeah, who do that? It's not terribly hard to make as long as you can get hundred percent ethanol because we've been doing it at work. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess it's one of those things where it's both good for business and good socially. So why not? Exactly. Um, I'm, is there anything else? I, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of places that are struggling, but it seems like everyone's communicating pretty well, and I think the community's kind of got around, supported people quite well. Yeah, it's the right community to be in in this sort of time. People generally come together and uh you know <laughs> we'll yeah try and keep I, everyone alive it's not about 
you know individual businesses surviving it's about all of them coming through the collective community yeah and yeah in place exactly. like malt shed uh just coming off the back of the bushfires and stuff i know it wasn't directly that area but you know it's just rural sort of breweries are going to feel it really hard i think yeah i think they were probably going to go anyway and this was just a sort of a good yeah. point for them to jump off basically from my understanding it got too big for them but not big enough for them at the same time so it was too yeah. big for the three the three owners um all had full-time jobs outside um and it was sort so of they getting couldn't too... run it but it wasn't yeah. big enough to actually make money make exactly money to stay afloat by itself yeah they couldn't come across basically it wasn't big enough for that uh, which is a I shame it is, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm happy I went there, and I mean, you, you obviously went there for your local as well. And um, I quite like their beers. I like the space. Um, yeah, it's never, never good when a brewery closes. And um, I guess, yeah, unfortunately, we'll probably see some more in the coming weeks. Um, Bar SK were going to close anyway, but they had to close a week earlier. Yep. Which was what two weeks earlier, even. And they, their I, lace like, was up, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I think they just decided, well, we'll just pull, push this party forward so we can still have it. I haven't heard anyone else, and hopefully we don't hear anyone else, but um, yeah. Not yet. I think it'll be a couple more weeks before we see um, particularly tap businesses starting to have issues. Yeah. Um, saw a sort of uh, wheat gang putting up. They're still doing growler fills and stuff, and um, actually still having taps that they're filling stuff with, which is... Interesting. I guess there's a lot of kegs to go through. It's sort of the trickiest part for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it's been good of the uh, government to lift a lot of those restrictions around what they can and can't do, just so... Yeah, it makes no sense to let it go to waste, especially when businesses need the income. Yeah, because it's a much bigger economic issue if everyone goes out of business. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because it's all well and good standing down employees, but if you can't, if none of them get their jobs back at the end of it, then that becomes a a far deeper and more long term issue than the deep and long term issues we're already going to have, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say that, yeah, if you have any, you know, sort of country breweries, get around and support them. Um, Sailor's Grave put up their online store today. Uh, two meter tolls doing some distribution stuff with some Tassie places. Um, so places that you think not necessarily might struggle, but you know, that, that really need the kind of places to be open to stock their beer and stuff because they don't have big distribution themselves. I yep. would say, yeah, make sure you get around them and do what you can. Exactly. Um, so non COVID news, we got a little bit just because somebody has to keep up with the, the stuff that's happening. Yeah, well, it's pretty crazy how much this stuff's all fallen into the background. Because <laughs> in, yeah. in other months, some of this would be reasonably big news. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, do you want to take the lead on this? Yep, I'm happy to run through these quickly. Um, so the pregnancy warning labels that I think we talked about last time have been scrapped. Um, yep. Basically, the IBA uh, lobbied that it would cost the, their members over $100 million over 10 years. And it was just too much money. Um, and yeah, in short, that got scrapped by the Food Standards of Australian New Zealand Board, which is good. Yeah, uh, I've seen I've seen yeah. some of those pregnancy warning things. I had a Miss Pinky last night that had it on there. Mm. Um, so a couple of places obviously have started doing it. It seems um, silly so though. That, it's like that one wouldn't have been compliant. There was like compliance bits about like Pantone colours and stuff, and it was effectively going to add a colour to each 
each oh, brewer's okay. thing, and there were size limitations, and it was it was all Jesus. It was a bit onerous. The original, thing. yeah, sounds like. Um, I just thought I thought it literally meant the uh, you know the pregnancy warning that is on a lot of beers. I thought it was compulsory now, but uh, no, no, it was no, pretty it was deeper that, than that. Yeah, it was pretty onerous. And Fair put out a silly statement saying that, of course, the uh, government backed down under relentless pressure from the alcohol industry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but in at this the case, end of the it doesn't day. sound like much of value was lost. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, everyone knows alcohol is bad for you while you're pregnant, and the, putting a warning can, warning label on a craft beer really isn't going to impact the people who are going to drink anyway. Yeah, the people who care are going to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got some more news from our friends ABAC. Yeah, ABAC have tightened their compliance, which isn't... Um, particularly relevant to the craft beer industry because no one's actually a, a um, signatory. Um, but Dan's and first choice are, aren't they? That's, that's yeah, and that's, that, and that's where the problem is, really. Um, basically, they've put their um, compliance measures down to... You've got five days to comply when there's a ruling now instead of three months. Yeah, that's... Which is pretty heavy. So that wouldn't be a Jedi Juice kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, basically, they're getting rid of that, that they're going to... Uh, if uh, Hop Nation were a signatory, they would have had five days and they wouldn't have been able to run down their supply. Yeah, which it's hard to see how it affects, but I mean, some of the places that are stocked at Dan's and stuff, you might see a product recall or something in the worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. If they only had five days, yeah. And then there was a bit, and then there was a bit of stuff about um, social media and stuff, and basically that they think that they would like them to limit. Uh, a time period on sh- social media posts. So people okay. not making complaints about ones that are two years old, for example. Oh, right, yes. Well, I can get around that. Yeah, makes sense. I think. Um, yeah, if you have to go digging to find something, it's probably not worth complaining about. Yeah, because that then falls into the... I can't remember exactly what the statement is, but it's something like that a reasonable person would come across or something. <laughs> yeah. Not many reasonable people are so trawling Facebook for stuff to complain to ABAC about. Exactly. Um, so speaking of friends of the podcast, uh, great friends of the podcast, um, Brew lost more money. Yep, Brew lost more money. Uh, it sounds like every sort of three months we have this discussion. Um, Brew recorded and losses for the six months to 31st of December 19 of $1.3 million. And they're still open somehow and probably still expanding. So they still think uh, that the co- there's reasonable grounds to believe the company will be able to pay its debts, which I, which I don't think anyone believes, but that's fine. They still think they can do something or other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just keeps rolling and keeps rolling and keeps rolling uh, because he manages to find more people to sell significant stock to. <laughs> it's a bold strategy. We'll see if it pays off. Um, so, what, finally, you had an expansion from Hot Products Australia. Yeah, they. This is almost a month ago. It would have been right around when we recorded last time. Um, they opened their new Buffalo River Valley processing facility. Ah, lovely. Yeah, which is part of a thirty-five million dollar expansion. And I guess they can probably keep that open for now. Yeah, you'd assume there's still demand for the hops. Um, because most places are still brewing. It's beverage production, so yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's a related to a you know 
fruit or beverage product, and they all seem to be in the clear. Um, I mean, I was reading uh, New Zealand's lockdown laws, and even you know, in that case, I'm pretty sure hop farms would be okay as long as they observe spacing rules in the facilities and stuff because they're fruit or beverage production. That's, a, that's right, and and then the farming part of it is outside, so that shouldn't be too problematic. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is um, I hope that it doesn't. It's it's a good, not a bad time for them to do it. Hopefully, they can still. Enjoy the fruits of this expansion, and when we come out the other side, we'll have some good new hops. That's that's the plan. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I, I guess the only other one that I wanted to mention just was reminded by the ABAC news was that um, Hop Nation did release the Jedi Juice successor. Yeah, and it's called J Juice, <laughs> and looks extremely similar. And yeah. They've gone the least interesting route, but, you know, it's, it's, if it's the same beer, who cares? I liked it. It's another Carrie Fisher character. That's cool. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm 100% sure. It, it's one of those um, early 90s ones. That's but it's, good. That's it's, it's, even uh, better. It's not coming to me. <laughs> Someone, like I'm sure, the, will I'll, let us know. <laughs> I like the minimal change. Um, yeah. Like, it's it's sort of just like, okay, here is here's the least amount of effort we can put into this to you know comply with the um basically say how ridiculous it is yeah i'm just um i'm having having a look at it now because i'm i'm curious god yeah it could be uh it does look familiar the label but um yeah it's remarkable how similar it is yeah isn't it isn't it it's um yeah it's a tiny bit less Star Warsy, but it's pretty much the same. Label. It's pretty much the same label. We've changed the gun slightly. We've changed the uh, the hair, and that's about. It still it. looks like a Star Wars blaster rifle, to be honest. Exactly, but that's almost why it's better because it's like um, you've taken away their thing, which was that Star Wars appears to, appeals to children, and basically left the same thing, which is a good sort of little, I don't know. Part it's a nice of, way of saying yeah. I was just pointing out. Yeah, saying how silly it all was. Uh, maybe we can chuck side-by-sides up in the uh, show notes just so people can have a look for themselves. We will do that as well. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, well, I think that's it for news. I mean, there's obviously so much news at the moment, but, I mean, in, on the other hand, there's kind of not because, like I said, everything's closed. Especially not for a podcast like us, which is not super timely. There's not really a lot of point about, about us talking about some things because by the time we edit this, uh, yeah. it won't be relevant. I mean, we might even be a bit more caught up than normal because it'll probably still all be closed in the coming months. So well, it's sort of that's true. <laughs> yeah, we won't. The uh, next month there'll be no update. Everything's still closed. Move along. <laughs> See you in six months. To a year. Um, anyway, uh, we will be back in a moment with what we're drinking. And we are back with what we're drinking. Uh, we're going to speak about, as we alluded to last time, well, not alluded to, just explained that we're going to go to the Gold Coast uh, for Angus's just something before his work. And while we were up there, we thought we should visit some places. And one of the places we visited was Maddock. Maddock? 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 Somewhere in there. <laughs> yep. One, I feel we should know after going, but we clearly don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we said the name. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna have a beer at the same time to 
give it, give that authentic kind of uh, beer o'clock podcast feel. Um, so we're opening the Matic Cherry beer, um, which was two week bottled two weeks before we were there. Um, so nice and fresh, no untapped check-ins. That's the kind of thing we we want to do. See, just what we want. Although, yeah, if, uh, in self isolation is probably the one time you'll accept making the untapped check-in. <laughs> yep, that's true. It's uh, there's nothing more annoying when when you're out at a bar and you're trying to do it, but at home you can probably forgive it a bit more. Exactly. It's a very pretty beer. I'll say that the cherry. Yeah, colour's lovely. Um, it's clearly got a lot of cherry in it. Um, and yeah, I, the carb is really, really high, but it's actually quite... It's high in the glass, but it's not, not so aggressive in the mouth. Like the, no, I, had, I had like whirlpools and ripples of bubbles coming out from the bottom. Um, quite a decent head, but yeah, it's it's not too heavy in the mouth. No, it's like it's assertive at first, but you get used to it after a sip or two. It's um, it's it's nice. It's like sort of, I can't remember if he said they were sour cherries or regular cherries that he used. I think he said sour cherries, and I think that's I coming feel, through. I remember that too. Yeah, because yeah. it is there is acidity, um, and there's nice sort of stony cherry and nice wheat and yeah, it's just it's it's sort of one of those old school fruit beers you don't see that much of anymore. Yeah, you hardly see any anything like this, um, like without you know wild yeast and stuff. Mm. Yeah, because this is quite clearly clean. Yeah. And the acidity is just coming from the the fruit. Unless I'm completely misreading that. <laughs> oh, no, no I, I would be with you there, I reckon. Um, I mean, it's possible it picks something up, but I reckon it's I can't taste anything wild in there, apart from yeah. maybe, you know, there's, there's some wheaty yeast, but that's about it. Um, it's like really, yeah, it's a very good-looking beer, very, like, nice sturdy head, nice lacing. It's um, clearly well-made, and, yeah. You get a, a lot of, of that sort of, um, almost like the pit, cherry pit flavour. Yeah, yeah. That kind of, yeah, stony sort of flavour mm. that I, yeah. Yeah. I, I get, it must be whole cherries, you would assume, to get that. Yeah, I assume so. It's really nice. I think it's something that might improve as it warms up a little as well. Yeah, well, I've been having mine throughout so far, and um, I'm in, I've enjoyed it a lot more the second half than the first. Right, yeah. Um, but anyway, on on the Gold Coast, we, we went to the Gold Coast just before all the madness started. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in retrospect, probably even nicer to go than it would normally be. Just yep. because... Because we wouldn't, won't be going anywhere else for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly, basically, yeah. And yeah, did, did some work and then went to some breweries and yeah, some of the big names, some of the less big names... Yeah, I reckon so the, I two, think... the two big names and the two, probably the two smallest names. Yeah, probably. Uh, so we went to Bolter and Black Ops and we went to Maddock and Gold Coast. Um, yeah. Trying to remember the chronological order. I feel like uh, Maddock, Maddock was first. Maddock was yeah, first. Maddock. Then we went to Gold Coast because it was on the way. Yeah, then Black then... Ops and Bolter. Basically yeah. ascending size order. Um, Close enough to. So, yeah, Maddock was very cool. Uh, he was. was very nice to open for us. Um, good of you to set that up and good of him to come through. Yeah, um, Jimmy, I think was his name. Yeah, and he was a very nice bloke. And um, Yeah, happy to have three random guys turn up on a uh, 
Thursday morning to his house, of all places. Yeah, and it's legitimately a residential neighbourhood. Uh, one of the great mysteries is how he got a liquor licence. And I think the better thing talking to him is that he now knows the code better and he's like, I have no idea how I got a licence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably even more confused than he was at the time. Yeah. Um, Amazing. But and he got it on a, it's on a temporary visa as well. It's all very odd. <laughs> someone, it must be. Yeah, someone must in council be must be thing. happy. Yeah, someone in must live around the corner or something and think this is the greatest idea. <laughs> I'd like that near home. <laughs> to be fair to him, he does seem very responsible. And yeah. um, that probably, yeah. It is, it's a nice-looking little space too. And they've spent money on that little brewery. Yeah. Um, and it was a very pleasant time going there. And the beer, that, that cherry one was nice, and the stuff we had there was also high really quality. Yeah. yeah, we bought quite a lot of beer from him. It, it felt like we should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he's looking to open a new brewery, like an yeah, actual yeah. proper brewery, <laughs> not just yeah, one in his garage. Imagine he's uh, holding back on that for now, possibly, although he could probably still do it at the moment. I reckon he could still it's get a bit him. of stuff done. Yeah. We, uh, f- I know, I was very impressed with Matic. And, yeah, I'm very happy we went there because it's the kind of experience that you just... You wouldn't have every day going to someone's house and having beer in their garage. It was a very home-brewed feel, but with, you know, commercial quality. Yeah. And on the uh, home-brew feel, maybe commercial quality. Yeah, wow. Uh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Gold Coast Brewery, which was um, an experience as well. Both of them were interesting experiences. Um, yeah. Gold Coast I, was actually quite enjoyable in the end, but um, I think it wouldn't be unfair to say the atmosphere is oppressive at first. <laughs> Um, yes, it, it was an interesting experience for sure, um, particularly sweaty as well. <laughs> yeah, um, it did enhance the, the drinking though, and um, we didn't get out of there with uh, empty pockets. No, no, what were they, $2 for one and $3 for the other ones? Yeah, so $2 for the lager and then $3 for everything else. Yeah. These were big, these 500 mils, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so this is like it's sort of a you brew it style facility that the guy's taken over and is now using as like a commercial brewery. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah, and I assume he makes most of his money off doing homebrew, you brew it kind of stuff for people, but he also has this esky of cans that he wheels out and people can come drink there. Which are um, labelled with electrical tape to tell you which yeah. one's which. <laughs> Like, if you got a yellow bit of electrical tape, it was... I think that was the 4X Gold knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> and the price, it was it was just, yeah, absurdly cheap. And it took... When we sort of went in there and waited quite a while, I had no idea what was happening. Um, he sort of said, I'll get the esky. And we were like, okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but sure. Um, I was expecting taps. You usually do expect taps. Yeah, yeah I, I, did, I thought it was strange that we didn't get taps. But, you know, for... um. For what it was, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, the beer was pretty good, and it was a fun we spent. I mean, we probably spent 45 minutes well, to an hour there, and we had probably, what, three or four beers? Yeah. Spent stuff all yeah, I think, nicely loosened up. I think it was 10 bucks or something. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was like, yeah, we had had enough between us. I think it was like $15, and we were meant to get change, and we left it for him or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was a fun experience. Um, I don't know if I would unreservedly recommend it, but if you if it sounds interesting, then I would say if you're in the area, you might as well. I think it's sort of one of those ones that's worth popping into 
for the experience just because it's so different. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely... I, I sort of, like, you regret going there when you get there, but then after you left, it's like, oh, I'm glad we, we, glad we hung around here. there. Yeah, yeah, because it's not the kind of, again, it's one of those experiences you're just don't, not really going to get at many places. No, and the guy seemed friendly enough. Yeah, he did. I think it was just, well, he was busy as, I think. <laughs> Had a million brews going at once. Yeah. All beeping at him. Um, but yeah, that was fun. And it, I think those two being so strange uh, sort of made Black Hops and Bolter maybe appreciate the more traditional brewery things a little bit more. Like, yeah. you know, comfortable seating and aircon and stuff. But uh, Black Hops and Bolter are definitely, you know, they, they're breweries. Yeah. They're Melbourne, Melbourne kind of style breweries. Yeah, exactly. Kind of style breweries. Then they're nothing we haven't seen before, I wouldn't have said. No, Black Ops was, I think, very much a generic brewery. <laughs> you know, the yeah. tap room was... A tap the tap room. room was actually pretty small, I thought, at Black It Ops. is, yeah. It is. Um, it makes more sense why they've opened that second facility now. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't fit it that many people in that first one. Um, but it's not really, yeah, not a comment on the beer or anything, because the beer was very good, service was very nice. Um, because, yeah, we'd had a Hornet the night before that wasn't great. Um, yeah. Went there and, yeah, no, that's still a banging beer. Yeah, had had a Hornet there and you're like, oh, no, this is really good. Yeah, I still like Hornet. <laughs> um, unsurprisingly, more of a BWS storage thing than a Black Ops issue. Yeah. You'd well, probably back in Black Ops most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Um. I had a lot of hoppy stuff while we were there, um, and it was all really good. Really Yeah, good. I can't think of anything bad. I didn't love... I had, like, a quote-unquote sour, which wasn't sour at all, and it was just kind of, like, fruity and vanilla-y, but it wasn't bad. Um, everything else was really good. Their core range is fantastic. Um, I was pleased to try Pink Mist for the first time. That's, yeah, me too. Yeah, the raspberry wheat. That's I, a good raspberry wheat. Yeah, I think they call it a Saison, and it wasn't funky at all, but... Um, yeah, it's it a good was raspberry <laughs> Yeah, fun little beer. And fun all the IPAs and hop-driven stuff, excellent, as you'd expect. Um, had a very pleasant time at Black Ops. Yeah, and it was great. Staff were good as well. Yeah. And uh, Bolter was good too. Um, we had the day that Dimple were released. It was the day, wasn't it? It was the day. We've had a knack for timing things recently with uh, Blackman's Hazy and... Um, and then Dimple's... Yeah, on the, right, on the right day, going out of town. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Bolter was good. It was pretty much what you expected, but the beer was really good. Yeah, the we space was really was cool as well. Yeah, it was nice to sit up the top and look out over the tanks and stuff. Yep, yep. Um, I like the Schwartz beer we had too, as well as Dimple. Dimple's excellent, by the way. I've probably mentioned that, but yeah. Very different off-tap to um, uh, in the can, because both of us on the tap version thought this is really dank and really nice. The can yeah, version isn't it anything like that. Very interesting. Cause yeah, I, I would say that if anything, we would have been, we would have had pretty fatigued pellets in the day. Cause we'd been having hop, we had a bunch of hoppy stuff at black hops. Um, but it still stood out as this big banging old school IPA. And yeah, I haven't had it out of a can, but I'm um, a bit sad to hear that. Yeah. So the canned version I had wasn't particularly bitter or dank. That was just sort of, a run-of-the-mill IPA. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm willing to back us our taste buds in on the day because, like I said, like you would have no, thought, it really stood out. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the Gold Coast, I think. Uh, we also had those um, Lost Palms beers. We had them both oh, days, yeah. I think. I think we had the XBA. Yeah, like a couple and, of their things. And the Bitter, which was quite nice. Yeah, the weirdly gluten-free Bitter. Yeah, they sent me a message about that. I'll see if I can find it quickly, what they did. Um, it's something strange. Yeah, so their answer is, uh, it's low gluten made from barley malt, brewed with an enzyme that depletes gluten. Test results show gluten compounds as not detected. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, It it was like wasn't like we bought it because it was gluten free. Just happened to buy it and happened to be gluten free. Yeah, and tasted and went. Hang on, this doesn't taste like gluten free beers. Yeah, it it didn't. It didn't. Um, I I quite yeah. The Gold Coast is an interesting place, but uh, it's sort of being kind to it. Um, but I think the beer was generally really high quality. Yeah, I think so. Um, we saw most of what we wanted to. I can't think of too much. No, all the other ones were just sort of like small, small, interesting ones that if we were there on a Saturday, we would have gone to. But for midweek, I actually think it worked out okay, spending a fair bit of time at Bolter and at Black Ops. Yeah, because they do deserve it. Um, And we went to uh, the House of Brews, which had a nice tap list. And generally, it seems like the beer culture is pretty decent. So yeah, I I was pretty happy with it. And um, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, because we both had that um, Bolter, the Dry Haze, the Sabro one. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. And yeah, when when we transition uh, into talking about other stuff, I've got some some Sabro thoughts. Oh, good. Good, good, good. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else about the Gold Coast you wanted to mention? I think we've covered that reasonably extensively. Um, Happy we outran the (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, well, we got lucky there, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, I guess we can move on. I guess the next thing was just doing our normal thing of, have you drank anything recently that you want to talk about? Um, well, hit me with your Sabro thought. Okay. So I had Fear and Loathing in Bruce Vegas, which was a Deeds and Bloodhound Bar collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabro and Galaxy and a third hop that I forget, but it's one of those hazy IPA ones. And I got the biggest bomb of artificial banana I've ever had. Really? In a beer. Yeah. Um, and it tasted like those banana lollies. I'm sure they're the ones you know I'm referring yep. to. Uh, yeah. Come in the mixed bags. Uh, and it was actually quite pleasant. But I hadn't got that from Sabre before. I wonder if it was Galaxy lifting up certain elements of it. But it was... I t- took a few sips and it was like, this is definitely banana. There's no other way to say it. This is that artificial kind of banana flavor. And... Um, I, I quite like Sabro. Um, I wouldn't drink it all the time, beers that are Sabro heavy, but it's fun. It does things that other hops don't. Yeah, I'm still unsold on it. Um, I've had it occasionally and gone. Like, I had it in the new uh, Mr. Banks Cake Eater the other day and got that yeah. really strong coconut out of it, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have strong thoughts yet. I need to have some more. I think it's a fun hop, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of those in-moderation hops, I think. 
um, just on deeds while I'm talking about stuff, I had their grisette and um, was a bit disappointed, to be honest. I've got one in the fridge. I haven't grabbed um, it yet. I'd be interested hearing, hearing what you thought. I th- it has citrus in it, like lemons and oranges, and I think it kills it. It just overrides. It's still a refreshing beer, but it loses much any personality, and it just kind of tastes like a lemon and orange thing. Yeah. Um, you don't really get much else, unfortunately. Um, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. And yeah, I also I had had the that uh, not to bang on about it because we talked enough about it last time, but I did have that check pills I did, and that's a ripping beer. Yeah, how good is that beer? <laughs> God, I'm going to be really yeah. disappointed when they don't make that year round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's going to be. It's you know price wise, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, probably. It's not the cheapest pills. Not not the cheapest lager. Yeah. No. Um, anything for you that you've had that stood out? I've got a few, um, which I'll rattle through quickly. I really cool. like both of the new Hop Nation hazies. There's Melbourne Fog, which is a hazy pale on tap at their brewery that's like 4.5% or something, and just, that's dangerous, that beer. Yeah. <laughs> really, I love hazy really pales, dangerous. and I wish there was more of them. Yeah. Really dangerous. I also really like that Seven Clouds, which is, I think, their latest canned release yep. for it, and that's packed with Kiwi Hops. That's... Nelson Sauvon, um, Motueka, Tayahiki, I think. All those, all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly, That and that's delicious. I didn't love the first can of it I had, but then the next three, I've really got into it. <laughs> Sometimes you need a bit of that, especially when the hot bills um, are a little bit more unfamiliar than perhaps, you know, all the time you want a hazy IPA, you're expecting the, the straight up and down hot bill you know, um, Eldorado, Citra sort of thing. So when you get some different ones, it can be better, but it does take a while to sort of lean into. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I've got two more, yeah. which are sort of more classics, closer to classics. Um, yeah. I had a last Seren Farmhouse Red the other day. Oh, can never dislike that. New label, $8 a bottle, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. It's got to be the best Don't value for money beer it. in the country. like, um, And it's just tasting superb. Just I went superb. searching for some in, uh, but pre-lockdown. Yeah, I think this was on the Sunday where everyone was panicking that all the bottle shops were going to close, which was yep. last Ridiculous. Sunday. Yep. I've lost all sense of time. Uh, um, haven't we all? Being stuck in this apartment all the time is uh, doing wonders yeah. for time. Uh, but yeah, I went went in search of some, was unsuccessful. Um so, yeah, still still keeping my eyes out. Might just have to order some off the website. Yeah, I nearly did a Lacerin order the other day, and then I thought, maybe I won't have a job next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the more reason. I think, honestly, the Carlwin, uh, ordering the Carlwin pack has kind of made me think, all right, I, I won't order more beer because that's going to come and get through what I've got now Yeah, and then reassess. Um, the so other do you have I'm, any other standards? I've got yeah. one more which I'm going to mention because I haven't had it for years, but I saw it the other day and bought one was an Augustina Maximator, which is a big Doppelbock, traditional German Doppelbock. And it was phenomenal. Sort of made me think, maybe I should revisit some of those big German bits and pieces. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm so inexperienced with, like, box and stuff. I'd be uh, very up for for looking at stuff like that. Just under it, there's a few underappreciated styles in general that um, I would like to look into more. 
And yeah, box and doppel box and stuff are definitely. I barely drank any of them. Yeah, they're fun. Um, <laughs> I was looking in my my quote unquote cellar, my my cupboard the other day. Like I have with that ramjet you gave me, I've got a remarkably good lineup of like every big Aussie imperial stat now, just sitting there waiting for one dangerous night. <laughs> and good, we good all know now. it will be one night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um. Was uh, mildly amused last night when I was looking untapped, and um, we we both we both had a beer at about quarter to two. Yeah, uh, I had a Miss Pinky, and you had the massive Imperial Stout. Yeah, like, there's, the, there's two different trains of thought going on here, but I, I respect both of them. I um regret my de- regretted my decision. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a cool beer though. The I was Karuru, awesome. uh, I can't remember what it's called. Night Spirit, I think it's called. Yeah. It had um, been sitting at me. Barrels. Yeah, yeah. It had been sitting, staring at me in my cellar for, I think, years. And you're like, right, this is... If I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. It was like, as good a time as any sort of thing. Yeah. Well, look, if you don't have to do anything in the morning, then... That's it. In the end, the pain is temporary. That's it. <laughs> um, I guess uh, we can have a more general discussion on... What you're planning to do while, you know, we're, we're both trying to behave, not go out as much as possible. Yep. Um, so do you have plans? Are you, you going to drink through your cellar? Are you ordering stuff? Uh, I am bit of everything? forcing myself to drink from the cellar. So if I'm, if I'm drinking, I will be having a cellar thing on that day as well as whatever else I'm drinking. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's it sort of also makes it a little bit more of a commitment where you actually think about do I want a beer if I'm going to have Yeah, cuz you Yeah. Um I didn't realize just on your cellar that that one that uh Mikola Sponten Sauternes, I think yep. it was. Yep. Uh, I didn't realize that was from your cupboard. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like, wow, 2012, that must have I don't know where you found that. Yeah, yeah, and no, that came out of the your... cellar. Yeah, when you said that, I'm like, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that held up well. <laughs> it was really nice. It was very different from what I imagine it was fresh, but um, I don't know if I've had a beer that old, at least any time in recent memory. Um, usually don't keep stuff for eight years. I probably wouldn't have given it to you if I'd known it was that old. <laughs> <laughs> well, bully for me. Yeah. Worked out, worked um, out for everyone. Well, I honestly didn't even really think about it. I just opened it because I wanted to sour, and it was 5.5%. And I was like, oh, well, this is probably the most reasonable thing I have in there. And then I was like, shit, it's 2012. Yeah, wow. Um, no, good stuff. Uh, I guess I am I'm trying to, as I sort of alluded to before, I'm trying to work through what I've got, which is I've got amassed quite a decent little amount of stuff. And yeah, I guess when that Carlin pack comes, um, and I'll probably just supplement it with some fresh pails and IPAs and stuff where I get them. Might chuck in an order here and there. Yeah, I got um, I got a, a whole heap of fresh IPAs last week, um, but I think most of them are gone. <laughs> they do that. They do do that, don't they? I was digging through my uh, little my vegetable crisp was just where all the cans go. <laughs> digging through, looking for well, you know, vegetables can just go on the normal part. It's deep; it can fit lots. The ears need to be crisp um, too, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why they call it a crisper? Because it's for crispy boys. Um, I yeah was digging through looking for an IPA. I'm like, surely I haven't drank all the IPAs, but apparently I drank all the IPAs. Nah. Um, it's one of those things where you you think I feel like I buy nothing but IPAs at bottle shops, but I never have any IPAs. Yeah, no, it's I'm very much it's the just, same. 
stouts <laughs> and lagers and sours. Yeah. Whenever I flick through things. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll both get through some good stuff during so. this period. I think so. Uh, anything else you've been drinking lately, or should we move on to the old lagers? I think let's get on to this lagers and <laughs> deal with Go that. Go from there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. All right, we'll be back shortly. We are back with the ranking of lagers, or ranking of lager, as it is tonight. We're going to slow this down a touch just until, you know, we can not slow it down because we've done a lot of the easy stuff, unfortunately. So, and then we've bought some harder stuff that we found, but uh, we have one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're doing Stella because that's yes, we are easily accessible, and we got to do it at some stage. That's right. I think there was a case to be made for Jupiler, which the Belgians actually drink, but uh, no, I, I think we had to end up here. I would have been far more excited uh, to do that, but yeah, it's not about being excited; it's about doing what's right. So That's the ranking right. of lagers is all about. That's right. Do you want to tell huh. us a bit about Stella? It, it's far more interesting than I thought it was. Um, so the history... Stella Artois, the, what we know as Stella Artois, was a Christmas beer um, launched in 1926, which is fascinating that it's that new compared to some of the other beers we've been having recently. Yeah. So the head brewer, the guy it's named after, was you know yeah. seventeen hundreds, but yeah, the actual beer itself didn't. So it looks like the 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 brewery was around though, right? Yeah. So the um, it was the Den Horn Brewery in Leuven, which is um, a city in Belgium, um, which was established in thirteen sixty six. Um, but Sebastian Artois, obviously where the name comes from, yeah. um, became the head brewer in seventeen oh eight. And then bought the brewery in 1717, where it became known as Boire Artois. So he would never have seen a Stella Artois, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. 200, 200 odd years after he bought it. It's great, 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 great. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a fascinating book out recently, um, which is like $300 or something ridiculous, but it's got, it's about how Stella became. Stellar and all these other things came to be AB InBev, basically. Ah, that would be interesting. Yeah, and it's got an Artois who's um, a co-author on it. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one little fact I found interesting was that the IBUs apparently dropped quite a bit over the years. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that happens here and there, but a lot of them really like to tout... Uh, how authentic and how unchanged the recipe is. But this clearly yeah. changed the UK markets, obviously changed for tastes, and yeah. Maybe because it's newer? I don't know. Maybe they feel like maybe a bit more wiggle room there? Maybe if you're not 100 years old, you can get away with changing stuff all the time? Yeah. And I guess it's kind of like, I wouldn't know what a Foster's tastes like nowadays, and if you, like you said, Belgians don't really drink it and it's more of an export thing, then... Who's really going to be arguing if it, you know, saying, oh, it doesn't taste like it used to, like most people probably don't have any idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I guess we'll 
have a taste of this. Uh, we'll do that. I'll just do top five and bottom five quickly. Just yep. while we're here. Uh, top five, Pilsner Urkel from Czech Republic, Tenants from Scotland, Carlsberg from Denmark, Kilmez from Argentina, Kingfish from India. Uh, bottom five, Carvalaco, Carlovaco, I keep doing that, from Croatia, <laughs> Singer from Thailand, Red Stripe from Jamaica, Bono from Fiji, and Kuskanya from Peru. Um, so Carlovaco is the only one that came in to one of the top or bottom five last episode. Most of them were in the middle of the pack, and to be honest, Carlovaco was just about to sort of being fifth worst isn't necessarily a huge indictment at this stage of the list. Um, yeah, like it, it was still okay. <laughs> it was the bottom three are like, uh, uh, you know, borderline undrinkable. <laughs> it's it wasn't there. Um, it, it had faults, but they, it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Stella. Um, it looks like a macro logo. It does. It's re- the one I've got is really um, quite yellow, quite clear. Mine, mine too. Yeah, very. Um, and it's quite a nice looking beer, really. It yeah, nice big white head. Looks like a macro lager. Mm. Um, looks great in one of those Stella glasses if you ever go out and have one at a pub or something. I don't think I've ever ordered a Stella anyway, but I, I will do that at some point if I see they have the glasses. I... Lizzie's uh, family go out to this Chinese restaurant in St Kilda um, for one of their birthdays every year, um, and they sell pints of Stella. Is their tap beer, and it's in a Stella glass, and it's not the worst thing in the world with, with quite spicy Chinese, Chinese yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine that, and like we said, like a lot of this, a lot of this list is just separating what are essentially food beers from the food and seeing how they compare to each other. That's right. That's um, right. And I think I, the first thing that hit me was this smells really bad. Yeah, it smells awful. Uh, it's, <laughs> I don't, Sweet corn. Yeah, just <laughs> corn everywhere. Um, it tastes... It's not great. It's less offensive than it smells, which isn't hard. It's got quite a nice mouthfeel. Um, it goes down very easily. Mm. Like, all that said, I could definitely drink it. Yeah, um, there's like a hint of bitterness. There's a little bit of like dirtiness, which is almost pride-like. I assume it's some noble hop or hop extract or something. Uh, probably. Uh, probably. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I would be interested in reading the recipes of these and getting more information than we get a lot of the time. But um, apart from that, it's it's pretty well made. The smell is definitely not pleasant. Um Considering we both have older stock, it's not. It's not. The well, it's what's thing. available, which is. Um, we both have imported too. We should say. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, but yeah, we should. Um, I think we've got roughly the same packaging run as well. Yeah, so I didn't have that same packaging, but um, I, I do. I have seen it around, and um, both got imported. But Sars hops. Sars, there you go. That's. It doesn't taste like Sars. It doesn't have much of it in there, clearly. Yeah. Um, so I reckon 20 IBUs, that probably sounds about right. Um, it's got maize listed on its ingredients list, which okay. is a bad sign. Yeah. If, yeah, there's enough of it there. They actually have to be like, yeah, it's, it's here. We can't hide this. Yeah. SARS hops, malted barley, maize, yeast, and water. Mm. Sounds like a macro lager. Um, mm. 
it's another I one of those. I am not a hundred percent sure where I want to put this. Yeah, I know. it's um, another one of those annoying ones where it's not really shit enough or good enough to. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's sort of in the Skopchko range from last week. I still can't say I. You can't say Kalavecko, and I can't say Skopchko. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I think say it's gut feel uh, between Cantina and Tusker. Because we had a pretty bad Tusker. That is a good beer. It wasn't beer. good. It was cardboardy. We, yeah, yeah, we had a bad. We, I think Tusker is genuinely a good beer, but we had a bad Tusker. Yeah, I so say between Cantina and Tusker, I'm happy with that. Um, I think the Cantina was better than this, which is yeah, still bubbles the mind. That actually wasn't the worst beer. No, I'm just looking at this and I'm just like, man, a lot of these things I would have written off. I guess that's why this is fun. Um, yeah. It's the point yeah, of look, the exercise, almost. This is not a very going to be a very interesting one, especially because we've only got one. But um, yeah, it's it is what it is. I think I we're both pretty happy with that. So it slots yep. in at. Oh, is that? that makes it fourteen, I think. That sounds about right. Fourteen. Yep. Yep. So Belgium goes in at fourteen, which seems wrong when you're talking about beer, but. Uh... But that's almost the thing with these. Um, the good brewing countries are ending up further down than you would have thought, yeah. with the exception of the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. <laughs> but no, you're right. Um, you, you do look at a lot of the big names, and um, it'd be interesting to see where America ends up. It could be could be anywhere, judging these based but, off sort of what we're the way this is going. Because I quite like Singer normally, and that's ended up at 18th. Um, and Carlsberg at so, three is kind of. Always going to throw me a bit, too. It is. Like, I want to go get another one and see that. But equally, I don't want to buy another one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want the illusion to be ruined. Yeah, look, I've... Yeah. It was a good Carlsberg. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if there's anything else to really say. I guess we're going to keep this going um, is the main sort of thing. It'll be slower going, but we're going to keep this going. Yeah, add one hit. Where we can here and there, yeah, and um, keep it ticking over. And then when we come back, we can hit it with a vengeance, and yeah, might even do a whole lager episode. Yeah, <laughs> <Just> eighteen lagers <laughs> every all every two we missed, just consecutively adding up. Um, Jesus, <laughs> two-hour podcast where our taste buds are gone. At the end, it's like you, we're trying to tell the difference between three things that are almost identical. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that at least. It's by the end of it. Yeah. At least for the Stella, um, it does kind of, it's lucky in the sense that we don't have to have anything else around it. So it gets to be there yeah. on its own. So, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, Stella in at 14. And um, we're just about done. We'll be back in a moment. back to finish up this um, interesting episode with uh, a different, I guess an interesting seller, we'll call it. Yeah, definitely a different seller to normal. Yeah, well it's <laughs> the whole idea of the seller is you're meant to be pulling out something a bit special. Um, you're not going to have many situations where... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not going to have many situations where we both have something that we both put away for the exact amount of time. Um so what we've got today is we've got two different blends of Wildflowers Amber. 
um, which is beer we, we are both very fond of, and I'm sure many of the listeners are too. Um, yep. It is a 6% Australian wild ale, obviously amber-coloured. Um, I sort of, when I first heard of this, I kind of thought it would be a Flanders red kind of thing, but it's really, it's kind of its own thing. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Is there an analogue or a similar thing in world brewing that you can think of? Or? I reckon it's vaguely in the sort of Oud Brune, Flanders mm. Red sort of ballpark, but it's it's different. Although when we get into this, I think mine is um, the closest one to a sort of a traditional Flanders Red that I've had. I was going to say, because it's, it's a relatively new brewery, it, it is perhaps that we just haven't had that amount of time pass where you can actually start getting that, you know, balsamic kind of character yeah um i yeah. forget the type of acid we're looking for but there is a you're looking for a certain type of acidity flanders kind of thing if i'm not yeah. mistaken this is closer this is closer there's two different primary types of acid or sort of i think you're looking for in in like a beer um there's obviously sort of like this sort of normal lacto one, but then you kind of get a different one with Flanders sort of stuff. Yeah, the acetic yeah, that's um, component to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, they, they are, probably will start to develop more of that with any luck. Um, anyway, I have got Blend 23 from December last year, and you have got yep. Blend 24 from February this year. Um, that's the one. So yours, the 24 is... Uh, slightly younger barrels, not a lot, but a little bit younger barrels. Um, they, one of, it's a blend of five barrels. One of them is an X musket. Uh, mine's a blend of five barrels. Two of them are X musket. Um, go through there. I'll go through your tasting notes first, just because it's probably easier for me to read it out. Um, so they, they are saying rich, heady aromatics of chocolate cake, fruit toast, dark spices, aniseed, and clove. Uh, palette is lighter than the nose suggests. Caramel and cola with strong red fruit, giving freshness and vibrancy. Yep, and I think they've hit a lot of that. There's lots of red fruit. Um, there's definitely cola. Um, I get aniseed on the nose and clove. And sort of like a... I wouldn't have called it fruit toast slash dark spices. I would have called it like... Fruit and dark spices, but you know yeah. we're all in the same. We're in the same sort of ballpark there. Yeah, because I, I think I get a bit of cinnamon. I'll rate minor minerality and chocolate with ripe purple fruits and sweet oak. Palatine is decadently rich. Red fruits, cola, chocolate, Moorish acid line. Um, I, I think I get a bit of like cinnamon and stuff in mine. Um, so I probably can see the fruit toast thing in mine. Yeah, I'm not getting cinnamon. Um, I'm definitely getting cola. Getting. Too. Yeah, I'm getting more of like a nutmeg, mm. almost. Like, sort of a bit of a heavier. Yeah, like a strong. <laughs> heavier spice. Yeah. yeah. Which I wonder if maybe it's the, the touch of musket peeking through. That Potentially. Barrel. You kind of do get that interesting, you get those heavier spices sometimes from those barrels, the fortified barrels. Yeah, my, my very initial um, taste, I thought we've got some sort of dessert wine going on which is before I knew it was in a musket barrel. Yeah. Um, but that faded almost immediately. So that's quite interesting. So mine's fairly bright. I mean, I I expect yours is brighter than mine. Uh, really bright. Yeah. Like there's a lot of red fruit coming through. That's really nice. Yeah. It's, it's a really good... Um, it always has been. And 
one that don't really drink enough of. Um, we say that about a lot of beers, but I mean, really, yep. the quality of these blends, you would you would say that it's probably worth drinking just about everyone. Never had it. So done this before. is my fourth one, um, and I've had batches one, seven, and nineteen by the look of it. So you're a little bit of a break, but not like your biggest break in between. No. I will just look at the same. It's um very good of me to uh, note what what yeah, batches I had. I was gonna say, I'm like, I wonder if I did that too. Certainly not impossible. So this is my fourth two. Uh oh geez, I didn't put one of them. I I had one with you though. Um What date was it? February the third, <laughs> twenty eighteen. So that was Yeah, that's batch seven. Right, so I had one, seven, twelve, and then twenty three. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's good that we had one. I remember, I do remember, distinctly remember one and we both had it. We're like, oh, there's, there's something here with these two. Like this is going to be. I feel we both ordered one, one of gold and amber. Or did we have them together? We had them together. I remember at mine, it was, I think it was around our first brew. Don't quote me. Oh, really? But yeah. Oh, true. It is at your house. I I reckon that is our first brew date. Yeah, I remember. If not um, first bottling. Yeah, I remember us both. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, because uh, I think our first brew was on my birthday. Anyway, ah, there you go. Uh, we digress. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, but you yeah, know, I, I remember at the time we're thinking, yeah, there's something going on here, and the development is pretty interesting because I think you're right. They they are closer to that Flanders or Brune, Flanders Red kind of character now. Um, I when you said Brune, it's like yeah, I can see that a lot actually. I think that's what he's going for. I hope that's what he's going for. Well, it's good, regardless of what he's going for. Um, yeah, exactly. I reckon I like gold more, generally, but um, I don't really know why. I th- I think I would drink gold more, but I think I actually like amber more. Yeah, I reckon I'm coming around to that. Um, this is such a food beer, though. Like, you could pair this with... All the stuff. Anything with a bit of fat. Yeah. Or even a dessert, I reckon it'd go down okay. Yeah. It could be, yeah, savory or sweet. It, it's, there's a lot going on. It's, yeah. I, I reckon even something like a bolognese or something, in the same way that Lambrusco works with bolognese. Yeah, because it's like spritzy. Not high carb at all. Like, I barely got any head out of mine. Yeah, no, carb. Oh, I had more head than I thought I would, than normal. Um, but certainly not crazy and not, you know, wild ale sort yeah. of style heads. Not like a duck for cover after you pour it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, um, but now everything Topher's doing is turning to gold yeah, at the moment. <laughs> and, and has been for a while. Um, it, it's just a shame every time he puts a new release up and you're like, oh God, if I want that, I'm going to have to spend $100. <laughs> And it's all, That's, it's that all is that is the one problem with the way their beers are uh, sold. <laughs> I'm kind of amazed that the demand still hasn't gotten to the point where it's impossible to get them. I think the price might just be keeping that in check. Yeah, that's true. Because um, they are sort of right at the top end of even this sort of stuff, which is the top end of beer. Yeah. I, w- I would say that $22 for a 750ml is very reasonable. 
Oh, was it that little? I thought they were more than that. Well, maybe the it, I think it's the three seven fives at over twenty, which is yes. where I get that from. So the the ambers and golds seven fifties are the same price as their limited release three seven fives. Um, yeah. So okay. yeah, the three no, seven fives. That's, that's where I'm coming from. Three seven fives are pricey, but I would say the seven fifties are extremely reasonable. Yeah. No, quality. twenty two bucks of that is absolutely worthwhile. Yeah, I haven't had any of their Soleras, and I would like to try one at some stage. I don't think I have either. I feel like I've had less of his stuff than I would like to. Should, yeah. But again, being responsible. But uh, yeah, I guess this is. It's not really the kind of seller where you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down or anything. It's just kind of interesting to compare, and it sounds like it sounds like our beers are relatively similar, unsurprisingly, and it both sounds like unsurprisingly we like them quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. I don't think either of us is surprised that we like this. <laughs> yeah. Fun to look at them with the tasting notes, though. I've got to admit, I haven't done that before. I haven't sat there and looked. No, this—that's the first time I've done it as well. Maybe I'll do it in future just to uh, get a bit of an idea. Yeah, I reckon that probably just about does us for tonight. This I think so. I think we world. can wrap up. Yeah. Um, what has hopefully been a listenable episode. Yeah, yeah. I think after, yeah, I think we, we settled into it. Um, it'll be strange, but we'll, we'll get used to it. So bear with us. Um, we are now on Spotify, in case you're not listening on Spotify. That's right. Um, for people, I, I know a couple of people that asked if we were on there, so we are now does make life easier um but we're also still on the normal normal places you go to still check the website yeah i think we're on pretty much everywhere now pretty close to but if you find something if you find something i don't know how you're listening to us if you if it's not your normal platform but you know let us know if you find somewhere let us know and we'll um endeavor to get it up there yeah all right um yeah it's always you want to get in touch, it's uh, gus.norris7 at gmail.com or the Beer O'Clock Facebook or Beer O'Clock website or that's probably Look, about it. Look, we're relatively responsive on whatever way you can talk to us. <laughs> yeah, and um, you're hoping to get some more Year of the Local stuff up, as you said, so, you know, check the website and, yeah. We'll yeah, so we got, I think, two or, two or three up this week and there'll hopefully be more as we move on. Yeah, and so next time, going to be diving into the Quarantini's box in some shape or form, I think. Yeah, still to be determined, but we'll work on that one. So we'll have a look at that and do something with that. In the meantime, stay safe. Yep, likewise. <laughs> and um, we'll talk to you all soon.